uh, I'm reading out of the message, which is a, is a, a colloquial translation uh, that Eugene Peterson put together. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. If you've never read the message, uh, I encourage you to get a copy and, and read uh, the scriptures because he tends to take uh, the passages and, and make them into something uh, more closely related to how we communicate. So out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I, I understand you guys have been in 1 Corinthians, so here, here we go, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, just a small passage here. Uh, the, way to, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as church. Huh? All right. Every part is dependent on every other part. The parts, we, the parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If, if one part of the body hurts, every other part involved in, in the hurt is, is involved in the hurt and in the healing as well. If one part flourishes, every part flourishes and enters into exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of the body does your part mean anything. You're familiar with some of the other parts of the body of the church and the church of the body in terms of apostles or prophets or teachers or miracle workers. But it's obvious by now, isn't it? That Christ's church is a complete body, not one gigantic unidimensional part. It's, it's not all about any one part. It's about us together. And then over uh, a wonderful passage uh, out of uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. And, and Peter really goes right after it here. But... But you, but you, but you are a chosen people, chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and to speak out for him, to tell others of his mighty, to tell others of the night and day difference he makes for you, for nothing to, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted, you are God's people, a holy and chosen people. So let's, let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, um, thank you. Thank you that you call us. Thank you that you anoint us. Uh, Lord, thank you uh, for just the privilege of being here in this difficult time. Lord, I pray this morning that, that the words of my mouth and, and the meditations of all of our hearts uh, might not only be acceptable in your sight, Lord, but that, that we together might 
hear your voice in our lives, your call upon us, um, that we might be your people, a light into this community. Uh, thank you for these few moments. Thank you for the singing and for the words that have been spoken. Lord, help us uh, and um, draw us to yourself in a, new, in a new way. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> well, once, my, once again, uh, good morning. And once again, uh, it's good to be with each of you and all of you. I always enjoy coming here. Uh, you all do such a, a great job. And I'm thankful for Jonathan to uh, ask me from time to time to come and, and reconnect with, with you because uh, I enjoy you and uh, I appreciate Jonathan and his ministry. I meet with Jonathan fairly regularly and, and talk about ministry and life. And, and it's good for an old retired pastor, you know, uh, to, uh, to have some input someplace because we have done it and we like it and uh, that's the call of God upon us. Um, also, um, I am aware of those of you who are watching online uh, and the difficulty of this whole COVID thing, um, and I will refer to it once or twice um, as we, as we uh, go through the sermon today. Um, and I'm, I'm also grateful uh, that Jonathan and Christy are able to take some time off. Um, I, I'm on the impact board with Christy, who's the chair and the, our staff person for impact, as you know. And uh, uh, both Jonathan and Christy work hard. And uh, we, were just, uh, we were just scolding Christy the other day uh, for not taking more time off. Uh, and so I think maybe... I got this call because I was pushing them to take some time away and time off. So anyway, um, it, all works, it all works together, uh, hopefully for God's good. So I have, I have a question for you. And, and um, as I said, COVID makes everything strange. And so my, my question is, is um, not around COVID. If COVID wasn't here, if this uh, thing that we had to all wear masks and be anxious about being around other people, if that wasn't here, this is my question. Why do you go, why do you come to church? Why, why do you do it? I mean, there's so many things to do on Sunday, right? I mean, Sunday, and to get out of bed and to get up and, and get dressed, and, and, I mean, why not just, I mean, if, again, if there was no people out there watching online, why come? Why be here? Why not either watch, watch online um, or, hi, um, or, or do something else? Read the newspaper, for goodness sakes. Have another cup of coffee. Go to the beach. I mean, it's a beautiful day. Why, why do you make the effort to come to church? Some of us would say, you know, well, uh, it's a routine and I do it every Sunday. Some would say, and this is part of my answer, is, you know, it's really helpful uh, to have a routine in this time of COVID. 
um, so that we put things in place and we do certain things on certain days. I, I mow the lawn on Saturday, go to church on Sunday. We do laundry on Monday. We do grocery shopping on, on, on Thursday. On Wednesday, we, we take care of our grandkids. It, and, so, and so instead of every day being Blur's Day, we have some distinction to the days of the week. And so Sunday helps set the week apart. But, but really, why? I remember as a little kid growing up and then as a youth person in the church, um, we sang that song. You've all sung it, I'm sure. I am the church. You are the church. We are the church together. Remember that song? And, and, and so you, I, I grew up with the sense that, that we together were the church, the body of Christ. But Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, pushes beyond just the idea of being a gathered group of people. Paul says, if and when you become, should I not walk around? Okay, because it's better for me, but I don't know about those people out there watching. Um, Paul says, when, 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 when you hear God speak to you, and call you to himself. In Revelations, it talks about opening the door of our life to who Jesus is in our being. And, and Paul says, you know, when, when you hear God call you and you open the door of your life, it, it says in Revelations, it says he will come into you. What is, what's that about? Paul's saying that the Holy Spirit comes in to our being and indwells us as human beings. Whoa, the God of the universe in the form of the Spirit indwells you. And when the Spirit of God comes into you, Paul says, you get a spiritual gift. What's that about? A spiritual gift. And I, I, watching this congregation, watching you people, I, I realize that if you don't understand it intellectually, you certainly understand it in practice. Because what Paul is saying is that we each have a gift of the Spirit for the upbuilding, Paul says, of the body of Christ. And then he uses the metaphor of the human body, right? And he says we're all, we're all part of the body of Christ. Now, I've, I've met some people along the way, as I'm sure you have, who say to me, oh, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, as a kid, I was baptized. I, I said yes to Jesus in my life and kind of shrug. But, but I don't go to church. I don't, I don't like those people. And, and, and they're all a bunch of hypocrites. And, and my comment normally would be, I said, why don't you join us? You know, you'd be part one, too. Uh, but um, when we say yes to Jesus... We're connected to Jesus, and Paul says we should be connected to the body of Christ because we have a significant contribution to make to that body. Using Paul's metaphor, if indeed we say yes to Jesus Christ and we don't connect with the body of Christ, with a fellowship of believers like this group here, if we don't do that, Paul says, it would be so strange. It would be like it would be like you're a dismembered part of the body walking around. Like like 
if you saw a hand walking down the street. You know, you, it would be weird. At least I think it would be for you. It would be for me. Or, or a foot walking by itself, just walking down one foot, walking down the street. I mean, that, that's almost stupid to say. And yet that's what Paul is saying we would be if we said yes to Jesus as our Lord and Savior and then didn't connect with the body. Now, what Paul then implies is just like the body, that when, when we say yes to Jesus and he comes into our lives, then he says, you are part of the body of Christ. You, you can say your own name, you matter. You are significant. Because, just think about it for a moment. Paul even uses the example. If the, if the eye should say to the foot, I, I have no need of you. Well, wait, wait. Eyeball. How do you get anywhere if you don't have feet to take you around to see the world? Come on. Paul, Paul uses a kind of a, a funny metaphor, yes, but it's so powerful and thoughtful. But when we read that and put ourselves into it, then we understand what Paul is saying is that we matter. We matter to the whole and that every part is significant and has a contribution to make. So often I think, and I, at least in my years of experience um, in the church, and it's been more than I care to think about, I find that a lot of people, maybe even most people, don't really believe that they matter significantly to the church that they attend. I go. Why? Oh, oh maybe, maybe my friends are there. I go. Maybe, maybe I need a spiritual refreshment. I, I go. I need the uplift. I need something to think about for the, for the week. But how often do we say, I go to church because it's important that I be there for the contribution that I make. Now, that's what Paul's saying, that every member is important in the life of the church for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. If and when we find that and we function that way, like this church does in, in most parts, then you become significant as a body within the community. You become a live, vibrant body of Christ within the community. That's the way Paul is saying that it should work. And then, then Paul says, as we're connected to Christ and connected to each other, Paul says, and then we should be so well connected, he says, that, that when one part of the body hurts, the whole body hurts. Have you ever stubbed your toe really bad? Badly, I guess is the right way of construction there. Um, what, what, what happens? You hurt all over because of the one stupid toe. Remember? Remember that time? Or, or, or when you've twisted your ankle. 
and you have to use crutches. Oh, man. You, you, not, only, not only do you use the crutches and your armpits hurt and your hands hurt, and, but because you're trying to walk on one foot, your, your other foot hurts, and your whole body hurts. Ugh. Paul says that's the way we as a spiritual body should be functioning. That if you're hurting, then the whole body should know that and, and be connected to you well enough to minister to you and support you and care about you. We used to have a saying back when I was in college. Um, we, we used to call some people white-tooth Christians uh, because they always, they always had a smile on their face. Hi. I'm fine, thank you, just fine. And we, and we call those people white-toothed Christians because they never got close enough to let us know who they really were. And so that as the body of Christ, we could connect and care for one another. As Paul says, if one part of the body hurts, the whole body should hurt. But then he turns it around and he says, if one part celebrates, whoo! We had the birth of a baby, then the whole body should say, yay, God. Or I had chemotherapy and I'm in remission. What? Yay, God. And we should all celebrate together when God works in our midst and we celebrate some victories that we have together. When we are part of the body of Christ and we understand that we matter within the functioning of the body, just, but, but if we don't function, if we don't say that, if we don't have that time of understanding who God has created us to be and the gifts he's given us, then the whole body doesn't function the way it's supposed to. I look back at my ministry after I was studying this passage and think, you know, we should have spent a lot more time as a church where I was in Ventura um, thinking about our spiritual gifts and what the Spirit of God has given to us through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Why do you go to church? I go to church because I realize that God has given me a gift that helps the whole body thrive to be the dynamic body of Christ within the community where we're planted. I know some of you, I know some of you drive a long way to be here at this church because Jonathan gets it and Jonathan works at it and I really appreciate his ministry. And so as you together be more and more the light of Christ in this community, the more and more you understand that God by his spirit has given you as you say yes to him, as you open the door of your life and say yes to Jesus, and then what is my part and parcel of the body of Christ? Together, the church of Jesus Christ 
is to be a living, dynamic force within the community. And it seems to me at times, at least as I look back over my ministry, that we come to church. Why do you go to church? Oh, I go to church to be fed. Well, yes, we do. And we all should be fed spiritually because we are spiritual beings. But the idea that we are the body of Christ and each functions in a specific way to make the body healthy and function as a living, dynamic organism within our community to be Jesus, the salvation of the world in the community, I fear at times it gets lost. I fear at times that it's not as dynamic as Paul wants it to be, or Jesus wants it to be, or the church wants it to be. You, again, are a chosen people. And, and Peter uses the term a royal priesthood. Did you get that? The implication of that? You know, you can, you can picture priests walking around in the, the normal life of a priest. But Paul takes it, Peter takes it and raises it up a whole notch. And he says, you, 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 you are a royal priesthood. You're significant. And I don't know how Jonathan or a pastor makes the people of the church or helps the people of the church believe the implication of the power of that statement. That you are a royal priesthood. You have been commissioned. You have the responsibility as a priest to not only your own community, but to the community around you. You are a royal priesthood. Chosen, chosen by God to be in his service. Preach it. I, I think back on my journey of faith and, and wonder how I've thought about this how did I ever make the decision to become a pastor? It, it, was, it was sort of one of those things that I just kept taking a step after a step, and, 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 and all of a sudden I thought, yeah, God wants me to go to seminary. How does God get a hold of you? How, how does God help you recognize that you matter? within the body of Christ. I, I, it puzzles me at times how God's Spirit works in our lives. But somehow, some way, God speaks to you and to you and to you and to you. God speaks into your life and wants you to know that you matter, that you're important that you have a role to play in the living, dynamic body of Christ. Not just coming to church because it's habit. Not just coming to church because our friends are there. 
not just coming to church because we need a spiritual refreshment, but to contribute. Back in the early uh, era of the United States, the Quakers somehow, you, you, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie with the Quakers, but there's this sense that the Quakers believed that everybody had something to contribute on Sunday morning, and so people would come, and this is really what Paul says, people would come with scripture or a song or, or whatever it was, and they would, they would come together, they would sit in a circle, and, 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 and people would say, oh, God laid on my heart this week, blah, 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 blah. And somebody else would say, you know, I remember the song went around and around in my head this, this week, and I am the church, you are the church, whatever it might happen to be, let's sing it. And they would. It was, it was kind of this thing where everybody contributed, is that right, contributed to, to the service, to, to the, the meaning and the meeting together. And people would bring what they had and contribute it. Sometimes it would get out of control, and even Paul in First Corinthians 12 says, you need to do it in an orderly fashion. You need, need to worship in an orderly fashion, but, but everybody needs to contribute because everybody is connected in some way with everybody else, and we can give what God has given to us to the upbuilding of the body of Christ. It was, it was different, and I don't know what we as the church of Jesus Christ today, need to do differently. In some ways, we've become observers. We, we've come and, and, and we watch and think, oh, that was, that was a good show. I think I'll go back to that church because I like the performance of the priests up there. Whereas Paul keeps saying, hey, wait, wait. Wait, you are a royal priesthood. You are the body of Christ. You are the members of one another. You are here to help one another be all that God created you to be and to lift us up. How, how do we, you and I, become make church more a participatory sport? <laughs> you know? Not just to go and observe, but to hear, to be, to care, to love, to bring forth what God has been laying on our heart during the week for each other. That's the call that we have on our lives this morning. That's the call of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. May God's Spirit speak to you. And if God's Spirit is saying something to you this morning, I would encourage you to share it. Maybe with Jonathan. Uh, you can see him here or talk to him or even email him at Jonathan. I think it's Jonathan. Um, how does it go? Jonathan at, at the river. What's that? That's it, River of the Valley. Jonathan at riveroftheValley.org. Thank you, back. Thank you. Write him a note and tell him, this is what God said to me on Sunday morning. 
I wanted to share with you, and he will get back to you and talk about it. Because together, together, we make a difference. Alone, separated, independent, we don't. We're like a hand walking down the street. Praise God for this church. Praise God for your ministry. And may God continue to use you and bless you and build you up that you are a light in the San Fernando Valley that can't be shut down. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for these dear people. Thank you for their love for you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have great plans for them uh, to use them for your mighty work. Thank you, Jesus, that you care about them and they matter. Thank you that you care about the San Fernando Valley and the people here matter. Jesus, help us be your instruments of your salvation within this community and the world. In Christ's name, amen.